Hey everyone, just wanted to jump in before the episode and let you know that this is actually part of a three-part series we're working on on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Bad Architecture. Hopefully I will come up with a better name before we release the episode. I also want to take a moment to thank everyone for the likes, subscribes, shares, tweets, all the other ways you've been reaching out to us and letting us know that you've been enjoying our work. It really means a lot, and if you know someone that you think will enjoy showing the small stuff, we really hope you will go ahead and share it with them, because we found the best way to grow our audience is through personal recommendations. And I'm willing to bet, as we do more of these series, they're going to thank you for it. Anyway, just wanted to say thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the episode. On with the show. Hello all and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff, a show where we sweat over the details that make our world richer. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron Buzard-Jamari, and today I'm joined yet again by the incredible structural engineering mind himself, Abdi Buzard-Jamari. Dad, you want to say hi? Hi. So I guess I already introduced myself last time, so let's go on and see what you have in mind. Yeah, so on the last one, we talked about Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was fun because we were talking about the whole trap scene from the beginning, and I think that's where most of the fun traps come from. For this episode, taking us forward to Temple of Doom, the second great Indiana Jones movie. In this one, we we have a kind of two different things we can really talk about. The first one is like the big trap. There's, for any of you who might recall, there is the big palace they're in, and then there's a hallway that is off to the side of one of their bedchambers, and you go down the hallway, and then it just turns into Insect City. But Indiana Jones and the poorly named Short Round find themselves turning a corner and entering this large chamber and then the chamber shuts on them and that is the trap we want to talk about today it is the big the room's not just going to crush us but it also has spikes in it and then the um i do not remember the name of the starlet that joins indiana jones but she has to she has to touch that uh, handle in order to stop the operation. But then Willie has to, Willie the starlet joining Indiana Jones has to grab the handle in one of the, uh, I guess there's like two little alcoves that she has to reach into to be able to stop the thing from crushing them. The whole design is totally impractical. And the reason being are the following. In order to have the roof to start or a piece of stone to come down slowly, you need to have a counterweight. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the gravity would bring it down as fast as you cannot get out of it. Yeah. That is why throughout the history, every time they wanted to use, take weights up, either they used some sort of mechanical system like building the churches in Europe, or they had to have a counterweight even today Back in turn of the century, all the elevators had the counterweights mm-hmm. for them to be able to go up and come down. And today is different, of course, with the motors. So, but for that piece of stone, one piece of stone that big to be handled, yeah. to move up, first of all, you have to manufacture that piece of stone yeah. and then bring it to the position. Let's assume for a moment, let's assume for a moment that chamber was a granite, a big piece of granite. Uh So you were going to carve that piece of stone in place. Mm -hmm. You still had to either carve it above Mm -hmm. and have the below all opened. Then you needed to shear it from the edge walls so it can stay up there. Now, how do you keep it up there is another issue. 
I got to jump in real fast because we have to clarify one very important thing here, which is the fact that you have this entire space is it, it, it is circularly carved, and the the counterweights itself. Just a quick recap for anyone who's not familiar with it: a counterweight is basically if you've ever been in an elevator, glass elevator, and you've seen a weight go down past you as you're going up. That's what the counterweight is. And so what you're saying is like this to set the scene, you have a circular room with a big ceiling that is capable of going up and down. And in the process of doing so, you have to have filled in the gaps above it, below it, and then wherever spikes are going to happen. Correct. Let's back up again on the issue of the stone itself, because that is the pivotal part of the error on the design of this whole thing. First of all, you have to hold that stone up. Mm -hmm. So, and the way this stone is coming down, it mm -hmm. is not falling down. Mm -hmm. You could have a stone up there and had few pins holding it in place and remove those pins. And once you remove those pins, that stone would crush down and destroy everything under it or just like a kind of a stone mills that mm -hmm. they used to have one big piece of a stone on top one piece of the stone below all the wheat or whatever else would be crushed under the weight of the stone mm -hmm. so having that stone held up there would be a challenge by itself then you need to have a space above it in order to hang it and yeah. there is no way, at the time, there was no technology to hang this stone. They had ropes made mm -hmm. out of different kind of material. Let's assume they got all these ropes. Now the problem is, how do you hang a stone off the ropes where you had no means or design to do it? So that would be the second problem. Because if you carve a couple of, uh, or I would say hundreds of, uh, more like a kind of openings that you could run your rope through it mm -hmm. and bring it up, then those would weaken the strength of the stone itself, which would be also a problem. So if it is not impossible, it is extremely, extremely unlikely. Now, here's the thing that I think I find the hardest to understand or believe is like, the mechanical power going in, we can understand that the ceiling coming down very slowly that's going to crush them is just the product of you release whatever contraption was holding it up. And now the gravity is just going to do the rest of the work. There might be a counterweight that makes it really come down very slowly, but it gravity is doing the work at that point. What we see is that when she pulls the rope, the ceiling starts going in the opposite direction, right? It starts going back up. That needs a major, major steam engine or diesel yeah, engine sort of mechanical or some energy. sort of energy that can pull it up. Going down is one thing because thanks to gravity, we all eventually go down. But <laughs> the problem is that going up, which for human beings for thousands of years was a challenge till they invented the balloons, uh, taking that stone and now pulling it back up, we can argue that that stone had a counterweight just like an elevator has. Mm -hmm. But still, that counterweight required some sort of mean to pull it, pull it down. Now, one, one possibility, let's, let's think about this one differently for a moment. Assume it is doable. 
Mm-hmm. Let's assume for a moment this is an elevator that you are standing on it mm-hmm. and it has a counterweight. Mm-hmm. And this is not going to go up and down. It's going to go only down one time yeah. and can go up one time or even multiple times. What you can do is because once you have a counterweight, moving the thing up and down is not going to be that difficult mm-hmm. depending to the the friction ratio of the bearings that they are carrying this one. Mm-hmm. So let's assume for a moment that we want to take that stone up. So the means to do it is very simple. If the other side is a platform, not too big, but very heavy, we can always open water to that one. And oh. once we open water into it, then the water can push that one down, which causes this stone to go up. That's genius. That's actually... So you're saying when she pulls that lever, what she's actually doing is causing wherever the counterweight is in the structure to be flooded with water or something that would allow it to... Water or sand. To compensate for the overall weight of the ceiling coming down. That's really cool to think about, actually, because that... Like, the thing that I still can't fully gather is like this is understood to still be an ancient trap right like hundreds to thousands of years old sure not hundreds of thousands bear in mind the civilization even at best is no no more than five thousand years old yeah like so hundreds, you are go- you are going to be looking at egyptians were around uh, two thousand three thousand years ago so you are looking at but this is uh not in egypt this yeah. is happening somewhere in uh, more like a kind of Indian subcontinent. Mm-hmm. So as such, their technology would have not been as sophisticated as Egyptians on uh, on Nile Delta. But they still had could have had that technology. But that is extremely uh, difficult to comprehend that could be. But let's assume for a moment this happened not... 2,000 years ago happened 1,000 years mm-hmm. ago. And let's assume for a moment that they still had the technology. If the Egyptians had the technology to build pyramids, I'm sure that somebody would have that idea to come up with building this contraption, mm-hmm. which either by sand or... In that case, there is no sand because basically this is happening in middle of the mountain in somewhere where there is no sand and so the option would be water would be the best option i think you speak i mean in the end of the movie we see that this entire cave structure that they're in is kind of all there's different pieces of this level of technology dispersed throughout and yeah you'll see mine carts and more modern things in there but you can see there's a lot of this older technology and then there's also a, a seems to be a lava channel where they do their sacred ritual and then there's lots of flowing water so yeah, water could totally work. I think that you really are on the right track here. The thing about it is that uh, if you if, if you follow the movie, there are still people who are trying to do things there. And so as such, uh, the technology could be, uh, this is around, right around uh, Nazi time when uh, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones was Nazi doing time. it, based on the time of the after four Hitler. <laughs> The Hitler and the time where there was the other movie when they were looking for the uh, chalice. So yeah. as such, this would be in 1940. So there is technology even in in the uh, simple way to have that counterweight with water. Because there are, I think there are other options where there is water when they are on this uh, more like a kind of... Uh, 
re, uh, they're under minecart. Yeah, minecart, and the and the water is right behind them. So they yeah. they have the technology of water. So it is to assume that it is doable to do it. However, the problem comes with the all those uh, what you may call it the spikes. Uh, spikes. Now that would be even more interesting because now the stone is coming down, the spikes are starting to come down, and they are not necessarily fixed they are moving they are mm -hmm. moving down which again becomes a little bit complicated because as the top is coming down at certain speed the spikes are coming down at different speed so that means the spikes were not fixed to the stone mm -hmm. they were independent of the stone so there was another mechanical mean to operate those spikes so that means there would have been another platform on top of the stone platform which caused the spikes to come down in different speed than the stone now when he when she pushes the rope or whatever and everything reverses themselves now the question is do you have two counterweights Mm -hmm. that they can do two different things or it was just one counterweight who was going to do that if there was one counterweight then it would raise the stone and the spikes at same speed yeah but they are moving in different speed oh so that means technically there are two counterweights to take those back up and i think here's the biggest thing about the spikes that bothers me is this goes back to a thing we we're talking about in the raiders of the lost ark one was logic and also, like, the, the actual benefits of applying that. Because the one thing is, like, it's clear that this trap is supposed to be... If anyone who's not supposed to be going into whatever chamber they're going into goes through here, it's going to cause trouble. They're, we need to make sure they don't get through. But why the spikes? Why add the spikes? Because on the one hand, you add the spikes, and now the roof is structurally unsound because it's become porous. And there's all sorts of opportunities for, over the years, for it to wear even more. Because, let's be clear, what we've determined is this entire trap is made out of stone and uh, fibrous rope. And rope is just like but, plant fibers. But this is not any stone. This is granite. Oh. If this was a sandstone, it would have crushed on mm -hmm. its own. It is a granite. Now, bear in mind, if you look at the uh, back in the century, during the uh, time of the 49ers, when they were trying to... Uh, go for gold, mm -hmm. they had to actually have these pins hammered mm -hmm. to the wall to make a hole in order to put their dynamite there in order to blow it. Uh -huh. Now, all of a sudden, and they had steel hammers, not yeah. the wood hammers. They had steel spikes. There was no steel spikes back then to drill a hole so perfectly yeah, for traps. all of these. Secondly, if your intent is to kill somebody, you already killed him by stone. You don't need yeah. the spikes. The third is, if the stone went down, the stone had so much thickness. Mm -hmm. Let's assume it is two foot thick, yeah. or even assume three foot thick. Yeah. The doorway is six foot tall, uh -huh. or seven foot tall. Yeah. Any smart guy would trigger the roof to come down and then walk <laughs> over the roof to go to where they need to go. Amazing. They don't need to be crushed under it. They can just trigger it by uh, just throwing a rat or uh, something under it and let the whole thing come down. 
That's genius. Oh my god. I and that I think that exact logic we see through the rest of the movie. Like all those other traps, the giant stone crusher, all those things, they all seem to be operating off the same logic, which means like I'm pretty sure all of them have these same fatal flaws of like between the material they're made from and what their function is, it's like, why would you even bother going through all that trouble? Just, uh, the, just, stay, just put a guy there with a gun? They, they didn't have guns. But, and they, but there are some imagination of the director or whoever mm-hmm. else who came up with all these crazy things to get the excitement about it. So if you are in Universal Studio, they, they drop the ball every 30 minutes. Oh, man. And that ball is out of styrofoam, and it's not out of granite. So. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for this incredible breakdown. And I hope you'll be back for the next one where we're going to finally talk about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That would be interesting. Till then, if you'd like to find more Sweating the Small Stuff, you can subscribe and download more episodes wherever you get podcasts. I definitely recommend you go back and listen to the last one where Mr. Buzar Jamari did an excellent job breaking down the incredible ways that the logic of putting a giant stone boulder trap inside of your cave makes no real sense. Uh, anyway, if you'd like to find more of our stuff on social media, you can find us at Small Stuff Show. And I've been your personal brain trainer reminding you, from movies to media to the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff. <laughs> <laughs>